Today on Beyond the Grid with Tinike Bernard, I'm speaking with Omo Anulanda, the husband and wife creative duo behind Hey Dip Your Toes In. They run an extremely successful blog, as well as social media accounts bursting with amazing travel and food imagery, whilst wowing us with beautifully crafted prose. We discuss how their work has pivoted during the COVID lockdown and some of the awesome projects they birthed into the world because of it. Omo Yolanda, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so, so thrilled to have you on the podcast. This has been one of my dreams for a couple of years to have a chance to chat with you all properly after following you avidly on your blog for years now. So I'm so, so happy to have you here. Welcome. Well, thank um, you for the invitation. Yeah, yeah, so, thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here. And I get both of you at the same time, which is like goals. So I barely get him at the same time. So <laughs> bit of lockdown magic here. Can't go exactly. anywhere. Exactly. It's amazing. So you two are my, uh, two of my favourite creatives. Your writing, your photography, and the amount of work that obviously goes into everything that you create have always like blown me away for years. For those people listening, can you both tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Absolutely. So we met uh, back in 2012 um, before it was blogging was a thing in our lives. Like we, for us, it wasn't even something we were really thinking about doing, but we bonded over our love for food and travel. Mm -hmm. And so after we got married, my father asked me, um, you guys going to write a book or are you going to, or you should start a blog. And I said, well, we're not ready to start like writing a book yet, dad, not quite there. <laughs> but maybe a blog that sounds interesting. And so we kept talking about it. And finally, the end of 2014, we sat down at our favorite brunch place and came up with the idea of dipping our toes into life and mm -hmm. like, you know, living life in ways that we immerse ourselves into the stories and food yeah. cultures of others around the world. And Hey Dip Your Toes and was born because we wanted it to be a call of call of action as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why we put the hey before that. And my own background had been in photography. I'd worked at um, radio stations before. Um, I'd always been quite creative and mm -hmm. I'd worked in performing arts and education. Basically, I was one of those people that has had many careers in a short <laughs> period of time. But um, I really found that the work that we do now, fast forward five years, is something that I can actually use almost every single skill set um, that I feel like that I've um, been able to nurture over the years. So it's been really great. Yeah, well, I, I have no creative background whatsoever. Oh, I had no creative background before this whole venture began. But he yeah. was a keen writer. Okay. Well, I'll caveat <laughs> that, say that the most interesting thing I'd written ever was probably when I was 15 and I wrote a high school play that came third in a drama competition. That's probably that's the, amazing. Most, yes. the most interesting thing I've written before then. But yeah. um, I, I do enjoy writing. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, when we began storytelling, mm -hmm. um, I gravitated towards the writing side of our, our platform. Yep. Um, and so we try to create content that fulfills many needs there's there's mm -hmm. a visual element to what we yeah. do which is you know her her forte she you know yolanda is, is an excellent photographer end of story mm -hmm. um and usually I, I actually get some of my writing inspiration from her images 
because then I'm able to capture the emotions in, in words that she's managed to capture via images. Um, and so we just, you know, over time just built um, a working relationship by combining both, both skill sets um, together. And obviously the, the digital side of what we do in terms of managing our platforms has basically evolved over time. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we began by not knowing anything about some of these platforms, but yeah. you know, we've managed to find some, an effective balance in terms of what type of content goes where, what type mm-hmm. of audiences like what, and you know, how to yeah. engage effectively across these various platforms. That's amazing. And I think in a way you might have answered some of my next question, um, but it was how was working with your spouse, spouses affected the way in which you create? So obviously you're saying you kind of bounce things off of um, Yolanda, but does it work both ways? Yeah, I mean, so I tend to take a bit more of the creative lead. Mm-hmm. So it's not that, it, well, let me preface that by saying that we have a high level of trust in one okay. another. So we trust each other when it really comes to each other's strengths like Mm -hmm. ones that it's just like unquestionably I know that when he writes something I'm not going to have to look over his shoulder or oh can I have a second look at that like but we'll do that with each other because we want each other to have another eye like looking at it we want Mm -hmm. to share things sometimes before they're shared and put out to the public just to kind of get that roundabout um agreement that comes and that that's a part of one of the key fundamentals of our relationship as well but, um, you know, we trust each other complicitly or implicitly <laughs> when it comes to those decisions. So, um, you know, but I think there's times where we don't always agree mm-hmm. on things. And, you know, and, and we know when the other, sometimes I think we know when the other person's not going to agree, yeah. maybe with something that we might share or I something like that. I can always tell. I can always tell when <laughs> Well, she's not fully on board with something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What are you... She she has that that contemplative look on her face, mm-hmm. like mm, like if I do sometimes I well, over the last two years I've yeah. tried to get more into creating videos. Okay. Right. So whenever I create something, I, I know she's a, she's a brilliant um, storyteller when it comes to videos as well. Yeah. So um, I'm like a student at school, you know, showing teacher his homework. <laughs> And then when I put it in front of her and she watches it, I can mm-hmm. tell that she's like, hmm, it's mm. good, but it could yeah. be better. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I constructively let him know that I don't quite like it yet? <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that process, that process has, has worked because every time she gets involved in those types of, con- we get in- involved in those types of conversations, the, yeah. the product that comes out of it is always better. Yeah. So it's, like she said, learning to trust each other yeah learning to take feedback and apply feedback to improve and yeah we know we're we're trying to achieve the same goals Mm -hmm. so it always helps to work in in tandem with each other that way yeah yeah i mean there's times too i think it's such he gave such a brilliant example there um there are times when we have different levels of comfort when it comes to sharing personal stories Mm. and we have to realize that the platform that we have curated is shared and sometimes it's a difficult one because there mm-hmm. might be something that um, I feel really strongly about that I really want to share, but it, you know, I, I also feel like, Ooh, maybe I should talk to him about that yeah. as well to give yeah. him the heads up or, you know what, can we talk about this? Is it the right time? Is it the right place? And sometimes we don't agree with it because we have different mm-hmm. levels of comfort 
with sharing and we share differently yes. as well. Um, so that one is also one of those kind of like bridges that you constantly have to kind of, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> For sure. No, I feel you with that one. I think that's um, my partner and I, our journeys are very different. He's very much like, I get really frustrated. I Google everyone and if you Google him, he doesn't exist on the internet. And to me, this is so strange. Like, how is this possible? Like, how can you not be on the internet anywhere? And then there's me who literally, you Google me and there's like five pages of images right. and posts and this and that. And <laughs> I share the world. And when we started blogging, it was this really awkward thing where um, I started as a money blogger. So I spoke about my kids and there was yeah. pictures of my kids. And he's, um, he's kind of like an ethical hacker. So one day I went to find my site and it was gone. And he had basically taken it offline. And so oh, wow. I, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? He goes, there's pictures of my baby everywhere. We can't do this. You know? So we had to kind of come to some sort of agreement on how this was going to work in terms of what his yeah. comfort levels were about sharing him and sharing our daughter. Whereas we've, we've got better at it. So like my kids are everywhere online now, but again, with no names um, mm. and no, you know, no location and things like that so they got their own they can choose their digital footprint when they're ready but yeah. it was a huge like learning curve where i'm like we share the world share share and he's like no 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 yeah, yeah. incognito <laughs> we do not exist like, ah. so yeah i feel you there just trying to strike that balance is a very interesting journey with couples it is. so as i said you are one of my favorite influences as a pair do you have any influences that inspire you um, or that you feel are doing like, amazing work at the moment? Yeah. Um, I probably use the term or the phrase creators, content creators mm. rather than influencers. Because some of the people that I, I think we enjoy, whose work we enjoy and really appreciate are not necessarily uh, influencers, but yep. they're creators. Um, and of course, they exist across we have different examples across different platforms. Um, on YouTube, there's so many people, um, but I guess creatively, um, I look up to people like um, Dan Mace, um, Peter McKinnon, obviously mm. Casey Neistat, um, those, those types of people um, set the standards for us, I think, for, sure. for me anyway, when it comes to videos. Yeah. Um, in terms of writing, um, I mean, influences come from people who are on social media and off social media. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love I love reading work from uh, Davida. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Davida, who mm -hmm. runs uh, Wonders, Wonders of, of Wonders. Wonders. Yeah. yeah, she writes brilliantly, and um, and you know her podcast, listening to her mm -hmm. voice, her dulcet tones, is it's like that. You know, that's the voice that you want to go to sleep with. And, yeah, yeah, it's incredible, it's magical. It is. It really, really is. And there's, I mean, there's so many incredible creators mm. out there um, that I, I feel like I find inspiration from as well. Um, so sometimes it's not just in like the physical body of work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just in their authentic voice. Yep. So I, I also think of who's a close friend of mine as well as um, Marty Lewis. Okay. And, you know, she is like fearless in the way that she is you know the way that she expresses herself and the way that she is such an advocate mm -hmm. for dni in the industry yeah. and then um uh, as well as sarita i love sarita, oh, yeah, sarita. Yeah. the uh, comedy this mix of comedy and lifestyle and just mm -hmm. epic realness 
Yeah. And I love just her whole take on issues, social issues and life. And she's just so real. And I hope she gets a serious book deal oh, soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It deserves that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we also like the work that um, Claire Hunnigan does with the Wind Collective. Collective. Mm. He's very, very expressive in the way he, he puts his, his videos together. Yeah. So, yeah. We could we could rattle off a whole list, but those are just examples. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, I agree with you. Even when I um, was doing the UK Black influencers list, that like quite a lot that were on there, I would have put more under the term creatives as opposed to influencers. Yeah. Would you consider yourselves influencers as well as creatives? You are for sure creatives, but do you see that maybe you influence people as well? Yeah. I would embrace that term. Yeah. I think we, initially when we started this journey, we struggled with that mm. because obviously the industry was still taking shape um, and the, the, the term influencer had some negative connotations attached yeah. to it. But look, ultimately it is what it is. If our opinions, if, if we have people who listen to our opinions, who um, ultimately make decisions based on what we share, mm-hmm. then we are influencing them whether we realize yeah. it or accept it yeah. or not. So what we've tried to do over the last, you know, three years is really embrace that term um, Mm -hmm. and make it a positive thing. Look, you know, share that in a positive way, um, wherever we have a platform to talk about influencer marketing or digital marketing. Mm -hmm. We try to highlight the fact that this is who we are and this is how we think um, we're trying to set a standard for what this industry should be like. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to pivot a little bit because one of my big loves is reading. Absolutely love to read. That's how I normally plan if I'm going to travel anywhere. It's normally from a book I've read and kind of go, ooh, you know, I need to now see that place. So I'm forever on the lookout for the next big read. What are you guys reading at the moment? Or what's the last book you read? So I I do this thing where I will be reading a book, I'll put it down for months, Mm. and then I'll pick it back up again. And then I'll start reading another book at the same time. So I'm in that place right now. I'm finishing a book called Influencer. And that one is more of a take on, it's written by, gosh, her name is Danielle. um, Can't remember her surname, but based in the US. And it's a great book on um, just, you know, this kind of state of influencer marketing. Some of the stuff is not quite niche specific for us, but um, I find it very useful because of her experience working with the agency. But then there's another book called I Am My Brand by Kubi Springer. Uh, and she's a Brit- Black British author that it's, it's basically all about building your brand and um, how you can really be the, the face of your brand without mm-hmm. it being like so, I guess, physically exhausting, okay. you know. So finding a way to, you know, in, create teams and mm. um, kind of streamline your process of your business while still keeping it front, front facing. So that's been really inspiring as I've gotten yeah. into it towards the beginning of the book and excited to explore it more. And hopefully finish it before starting another one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am just that person, you know, like oh. I, I, used to, I used to speed read when I was little and I used yeah. to like read a lot. And um, over the years, my time has kind of shrunk to kind of reading for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just one of those people who's like, I just have to go with what I'm feeling that I need to read right now. Yeah. So if it's reading two books at once, I feel like I can still hold space for two subjects at once. And That's fair. So yeah. 
yeah i think as unfortunately the older i've i've gotten my attention the more my attention span has reduced mm-hmm. uh, i used to be an avid reader like you know yolanda maybe not speed reading but i would read anything and everything yeah um, but now i just i pick bits and pieces from books you know i say nice title you know maybe read a few chapters and mean to come back to it but then mm. something else comes up and it's just so much happening so it's 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 been a struggle to yeah to really do an end-to-end read of, of any books recently <laughs> that's fair but we are thinking about going on a road trip and i was thinking we should do a reading day where Ooh. we bring like a favorite book or two yeah and we just do a full day of just reading yeah what I, do you say i see well she made she just made a plan and i'm like yeah yes, <laughs> <that's it. laughs> yeah I can picture that. I think either you two in a treehouse somewhere, in your hammocks, reading, you know, that could work. You can even do that in the UK. They've got amazing treehouses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm just like living vicariously through you because I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah, just, just go do it. Go do it for me, please. Go do it. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love your School Days series and so you want to be an ally as well. So tell me about them. Where did the idea for the series originate? So the idea for School Days actually came about when I was a bit depressed from Mm. COVID. And um, I was sitting around the house that first week, uh, week and a half, and in my red robe, trying to figure out life and where I was going to go from here. And I realized that if I didn't want to go any further down in my emotional state and physical well-being, that I needed to throw myself into a creative project. Yeah. And so I kept thinking of going back to school because I remember that anytime I've ever been in school, which for the most, I feel like for most of my life outside of the last six, seven years, yeah. I've been in school, um, but or been you know, taught in school, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, I've always found that the environment, education environment and school environment is so immersive. And for many, it's, it can really propel you forward in your learning and being yeah. able to skill share with others. And it fosters this environment of, um, you know, it just fosters this environment of creativity oftentimes. So sure. I, I was like, you know what, I need to go back to school and maybe provide this opportunity for other people and creators to come to the table, share their skills, and for others to learn collectively. Mm-hmm. And so you have that, and, and then too, I wanna just to be able to have time with some of my really great friends in the industry yeah. and for others to learn from them. So I used, gathered friends for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think almost everyone was a really good friend, um, except for Barr, maybe one or two that mm-hmm. had approached you know, approached us about being on the show. Okay. And, um, you know, now we're looking at season two and, you know, looking at it sustainably, how can it foster other things and mm-hmm. products and all of that. So that's been, it's been great. The, the response has been really positive and yeah, excited for, to see it grow. Amazing. And with this, um, so you want to be an ally, I'm guessing that was off the back of the June yeah. protests and yeah. That was exactly exactly it. Um, so we call it the goodness, the Great White Migration that mm-hmm. happened yeah. of, of June two thousand mm-hmm. and twenty, <laughs> and which will so, always be go down, go down in history as I like that. It will go of June yeah. two thousand and twenty. 
2015. So, and we just saw this massive shift of people. Like all of a sudden, every Black creator's social media feeds were exploding Mm -hmm. with followers, primarily the same demographic of, you know, white um, women between, you know, the ages of like, you know, the late 20s all the way up through, let's say, 45 or so, something like that. And then getting all of these requests, emails, and, you know, I'm sure you got so many off the Mm -hmm. back of creating your directory. So many. And all this, so you were just hyper visible. We were all so hyper visible. Yeah, it's a bit scary. It was, it was quite like, whew, you felt very exposed in many ways. And so, you know, we kept asking ourselves, these people are messaging us about how to be better allies, Mm. inboxing us, sending us emails, sending a million things. And honestly, I think there were still several emails that we never even responded to just because we just missed them. Yeah. We we just couldn't, you know, keep up with the backlog of Mm -hmm. of messages. Um, But funny enough, that's all pretty much died down now. (laughs) Back to normal, back to normal. The the, the migration was (laughs) short-lived. But one thing we kept asking ourselves in seri- you know, with a more serious tone was, you know, what can we share about mm-hmm. being better allies? Yeah. And we understand that so many of us as Black creators were actually quite exhausted mm-hmm. of trying to educate people on how to be allies. And so we felt, we felt confident about stepping into that space and being mm-hmm. able to share our experiences, but, without, with, but not under the guise of saying, oh, we're the educators. You know, come yeah. to us, hear us. It was just about, you know what, let's provide a space and a platform for other Black creators to be able to share, and not just creators, these are just mm. everyday people who yeah. might not even be creators. We had a pastor on, um, you know, we, most of them have been creators, okay. and we plan to potentially, you know, build out the series a bit more and do a few more episodes, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, part of it, it's like, you lose a little bit of steam. So many things are yeah. going on, yes. but it was an incredible few shows that we did with that. And I think we still want to explore it and do more around it, but we just need to kind of come back and kind of relook at things and what we actually want it to be because we did the blog post, which was yeah. almost the lead on writing that. And that has, that was super effective with people coming and having loads of questions. Right. Amazing. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, just like her, I, I, I had also been receiving a lot of um, emails and direct messages from yep. people, um, white people, wanting to know better and do better. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. sat down, put my thoughts together and came up with that article about um, just four things that um, people need to be thinking about when they're thinking about being better allies, you know, yep. talking about just being aware of you know, the fact that black people have a different lived experience from white people. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Um, being more um, sensitive to situations where, you know, you might not necessarily know that a black person might be going through something different, but just being sensitive that they might and yeah. being ready to step mm-hmm. in when necessary yeah. to be an advocate mm-hmm. for that, you know, for that person in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and just you know, the continuous awareness and learning, I think, is is very important. And being open to not being defensive, but just yeah. being, being in a position where you're willing to listen um, before then responding yeah. and jumping to conclusions. So the article has done well. I'm glad it's it's still up there. 
and Amen. that will forever be like um, our first answer to anybody who's asking how do how can I be a better ally we'll just yeah. simply point them to that so that's awesome and I think you know you've done such good work and yeah I think having those resources there for people to time and time again google or you know ask you about and be able to find is just you know you're doing god's work you're doing good stuff <laughs> thank you both amen <laughs> so it feels like your creative process has been in overdrive during the lockdown period and i know from what you said that there was a slow start where you kind of you know which is understandable kind of going, what do we do now and having to you know having to pivot quite quickly you know um has the pivoting come naturally to you or is it something that you had to actively work on was it kind of like okay this is what we do we just change or is it something that you're not normally quite comfortable in doing no i'm comfortable with pivoting now as part of a survival tactic mm. um you know i went through the whole great recession in the u.s where i lost my business yeah and i told myself that you know if i were to ever be a business owner again that I was not going to go through it in that way. Yeah. So, you know, in many ways, us working in the travel industry, this has been a travel depression in, in so many different ways. For sure. And for many, you, their businesses have shuttered their doors. Mm -hmm. um, and there are businesses that will not never recover. Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, there's going to be really incredible businesses that are birthed from this process, are meeting yeah. new needs and new spending habits of the consumer and the consumer marketplace is changing. And it's been incredible to see that, you know, that after a, an extremely devastating situation, which we're still living through right now mm -hmm. and this pandemic, yep. that businesses can still recover in different ways that we can still pivot. And for us, uh, it's been really about focusing now on building legacy items, thinking mm -hmm. about digital products that yep. we're creating. And that's what, you know, we're working on right now and doing a lot, of, a lot of putting our heads together, a lot of extra time spent working and creating, um, developing new income streams. Mm -hmm. And so it's for me, I'm, I'm actually, in many ways, I'm glad that I was able to go through this process of pivoting yeah. and reminded me of the fact that I've gone through extremely challenging situations when it comes mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, socioeconomic environment. And that you can pivot and you can do it successfully. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just, you know, on a slightly different, um, answering that question in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, the, the, the lockdown has been a good opportunity for us to really step back and look at our creative process in general um, and just understand where we want to be focusing our energies on going forward mm -hmm. knowing mm -hmm. that you know although we have interests in a lot of areas in a lot of things we are unlikely to be 100 percent effective in every single one of them yeah so you know if it's a few things that we want to focus on then let's focus on those things and do them really really well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that this has been an opportunity to step back and just look at the landscape and decide how we want to go forward um, at the beginning of the lockdown, to be honest, some of the stuff we were creating, we were just having fun with, to be honest, like TikTok, yeah. for example. <laughs> that just fell from nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay, let's, let's jump on this. Let's and do it. Have, have fun. We had yeah. no agenda. Yeah. We had no plans to grow like a million followers or anything. It was just Oh, my goodness, fun. yeah. Um, and that, 
that sparked some other creative ideas. Yeah. We were able to repurpose content. And it's just, mm -hmm. as, as creatives, we want to believe that the, the process of creating isn't static. Yes. It is always evolving. It is always mm -hmm. changing. And, and we're happy to, to change as, yeah. long, as long as it leads towards specific goals. We're mm -hmm. happy to keep changing as well. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, TikTok still scares me. I think I've downloaded it twice, got well <laughs> confused and deleted it again. But I just don't understand how to create on this platform. And everyone is just so uber creative on it. And, you know, the cutaway skills of the videos and everything. I'm just like, wow, I hold my hands up. I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> it's just amazing content. Um, it is really incredible. Yeah, love it. I'm going to try again. I think I'm going to just leave that to my 12-year-old because she's a natural at it. So maybe she can direct my videos for me. But I can't, yes. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, I know you just mentioned that, you know, you'll do anything if it's going towards your specific goals that you've obviously, you know, got things. So what are they? What are your plans for the future? Do you have anything in the short term that you're working on? Or is there like a bigger massive goal that's your five-year plan that you want to reach your own tv station oh <laughs> my gosh never are you just planting a seed right there no. <laughs> <laughs> you know um i have i think it was last yeah it's actually last year someone i really do look up to who's another creator whose work i absolutely adore hmm. and her name is holly cato and she's okay. an incredible photographer and filmmaker um caribbean it's just incredible the work that she does yeah and she says you know produce the work that you want to be hired for mm. and it was really something that resonated with me because i remember she put out a call because she was looking for a director of photography for a project that she was doing and i said and she was like oh it's really difficult to find female uh especially women of color yeah uh, you know dps and i said you know i've dp'd before i can yeah. dp on the project and so she was like oh do you you know send send over your portfolio so on and so forth and then i was I kept thinking what do i have really that i could send her that would show her my portfolio of work as a dp and i was like i don't mm. have anything recent oh. nothing recent that on that quality that i knew that she was looking for yeah and so then i then was like okay i need to that's what I need to do if, if, and I was like, even if I decide not to take on this opportunity or this line of work in the future, it really did plant a seed in my, in my head. And I'd heard the same thing before, but I yeah. think this time the seed took root because you know, the parable about the seeds falling in different places yeah. and sometimes the seeds don't fall in the right place. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes you don't water the seed correctly. You don't really insert it into the soil. This time the seed was inserted into the soil. And Amazing. I said, okay, you know, across the board, I know that we need to create the type of content that I know that I want to create together that mm -hmm. I want us to be noticed for will yep. be that, that will hopefully get us a foodie travel show in the future um, or something or an opportunity where we can pitch our body mm -hmm. of work to a Netflix or an Amazon, but still yeah. retain creative rights to it mm -hmm. as well, you know, and, and be able to get an executive producer um, credit for yeah. it. So that is, I mean, I've always wanted to do some type of hosting on a more, um, I guess, on a, on, a, on a scale that does address that my desire of and love for food and travel. Yeah. So I think it would be an incredible opportunity. So that 
it's been about creating content that helps to kind of fall in that vein that hopefully gets us noticed. You know, we launched our show called Foodie Knows, which is something we've been, we've done, you know, several years ago, we produced quite a few different like foodie kind of travel videos okay. and used the hashtag Foodie Knows. But this time we're like, okay, we're going to use this as an official, foodies sorry. Foodies know. Yeah. I said foodies know, right? Oh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I dropped the S. Foodies okay. know. Foodies know. <laughs> foodies I like know. that. Foodies know. Uh, but the whole idea was, okay, we need to have this on our YouTube channel because mm. producers search YouTube and yeah. they're looking for emerging talent. They're looking for um, film filmmakers and mm -hmm. so on and so forth or trying to get inspiration yes. and so on and so forth. So for us, it was like, it just made sense to start thinking about an episodic type of series mm -hmm. that we can create for that. So that's, we know that's a bit more kind of long term, um, a yeah. bit more drawn out. And we have a list of, you know, different goals that we want to achieve. Like we definitely want to get on the international property um, ladder. Yeah. And we want to be able to create a space that is for creators. Um, mm -hmm. We've been looking at properties in Turkey. We have to put the, <laughs> put yeah. the, the no sign down right now. Yeah as you know as the world's going through some big changes and we had our own like personal issues with immigration and stuff yes. last year so a lot of things had to slow down we had to kind of pivot and change things around but that's still very much a goal mm -hmm. that we want to create a a space for creators that then also has residencies like a creative residency yeah, where amazing. they can apply for come mm -hmm. and be in this incredible immersive environment mm -hmm. surrounded by you know, a few other select creators mm -hmm. and you know it can be from two weeks to a month that this residency happens yeah and they're able to just have really incredible time to create and also get further training and mm -hmm. skill development and so on and so forth so that's a bit more of the, like the long term, but for yeah. us, short term is making sure that we have created, like I said, legacy products mm -hmm. and creating loads of digital, kind of like a digital library of products that our community is really waiting for. Like yeah. they've been waiting for these things for quite some time and we just haven't spent time off the road trying to create them. And now we have that time. And, and in fact, we're like, even if travel does open back up, our focus is to hit these particular goals and amazing we will be saying no to you know some opportunities to travel just because we want to make sure that we're you know taking off the boxes yep. of our, our long you know our short-term goals as well as long term that is awesome thank you so much no, no, so yeah just I, I literally, I'm trying not to write while I'm talking right now because you've just given me all these ideas of things I need to do after this call. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, legacy products. Yes, I need to do that. And, you know, so much to think about already. Um, so you've given me lots of advice without even meaning to. Um, what advice would you give to maybe newer creatives who are trying to make it in this kind of multimedia world that we now live in where it's not just about you know, maybe being good at one thing. It's about kind of encompassing, you know, as, you, as you're doing YouTube and the writing and the Instagram and, you know, being multifaceted across multi-platforms. What kind of advice would you give them? Hmm. Um, as cliche as it might, might, it might sound, find your authentic voice mm -hmm. and nurture that voice. Um, it might take a few iterations of trying... Few things you know try this try that 
um, before you find that harmony yeah. in your creative abilities. But once you find your creative voice, nurture it and just stay true to it, focus on it, and keep building that. You know, some of the um, some of the the most celebrated creatives or writers now have gone through that process as well. No one no one makes it from day one. Mm-hmm. The other day, somebody messaged me. I was like, oh, um, some bloke was saying that oh, he was going to teach her how to make YouTube videos and become a, a celebrity and start making money on YouTube. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Ooh. I think he might be trying to scam you because mm-hmm. there, there are no overnight successes. To be honest. No, one, no, no one we know who is big now as a creator made it overnight. No. Everyone has gone through a process. Um, I was, we've been watching this... Um, BBC show by Michaela Coyle, mm. uh, the I May Destroy sure. You. Yeah. Uh, and it led me to reading an interview she did uh, recently with, with one of these online magazines. Um, and, and she went through that process as well of starting mm-hmm. out as um, a comedian yeah. and then eventually getting picked up to write um, Chewing Gum. Chewing Gum. Which is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. And then eventually f- going around on a few other projects before finding her writing and storytelling voice in yeah. this new series that she's done mm-hmm. um and this series you know whether love it or like love it or hate it will define mm-hmm. her for a long time to come yeah. so it's that process of finding your voice and nurturing your voice i think is probably the most mm-hmm. um significant advice i i, I can give mm-hmm. to and creators. surround yourself with the right people yeah. um you know you have to be aware of imposter syndrome I'd say to creators, especially those starting out, it's really easy to get distracted by all the noise out there. And for you to compare yourself and you're looking at what this person is doing on the left and what that person is doing on the right, when really you need to be looking down the middle of the highway in the direction Mm -hmm. that you need to be going because that's your path. It's not to your left and it's not to your right. So you have to really be, be really, um, I guess you could say precious, but you need to really take care of yourself yeah. and look at your time and nurturing your time as a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. So that means getting rid of some of the noise yeah. and engaging with others, but with but not underneath the guise of, oh, well, let me watch and see what they're doing. <laughs> I think it's great to have inspiration and it's great to be inspired by other creators, but like Omo said, if you're spending time crafting your authentic voice, yep. so that's going to come naturally. You're going mm. to look at others. You're going to get inspiration. You're going to watch documentaries. You're going to do this. But guess what? You're going to be spending a lot of your time creating yes. and then collaborating with others. And you will continually find your voice through that. But you can't do that if, you, if everything that you do is focused on what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. So I would say really try to carve out your lane. Definitely. Amen to that. I know that it is during COVID, so I did kind of have you locked down a bit and I've kind of been able to <laughs> grab you. But again, you know, there's so much you could be doing and so much you could be creating. So I'm thankful that you spent some time with me and my listeners on this podcast. And I'm sure that what you've said will be insightful and show, um, you know, show you in a new light for some people who maybe haven't, you know, had a chance to watch your lives and, you know, see your amazing um, content yet so i hope that they love you as much as i do and that you've gained some new followers from it as well you know thank you so much 
thank no, you. No, thank you for having us. And thanks for introducing us to new audiences as well. We also think that you're a brilliant writer and creator. Yes. Um, I, I, I was reading your blog the other day about um, not wanting to move to Nigeria at some point. Yes. And thinking, hmm. <laughs> 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 this, this is loaded. This is, <laughs> we can do some interesting things with this conversation. But anyway, yes. uh, yeah, we think you're brilliant as well. Seriously. And, um, yeah, we love Thank you. And there'll be more on the Nigeria content to follow. So, you know, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs>